everyone. Welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and I'm wondering if you would agree that sometimes there can be a backlash to being brutally honest. So my episode today is about, are you being too honest? And is there such a thing as brutally honest? Because as far as I'm concerned, honesty, while it may be the best policy, I think there's a fine line between candid communication and the potential harm that we can cause by being brutally honest. So today I'm going to talk you through some of those complexities and consequences, maybe the emotional toll that honesty can take. And then we're going to talk about the truth versus your truth and how to be, how to deliver information with empathy and grace. So I really appreciate you joining me today. Again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I know, and I wrote this episode because I was thinking about some recent communications I've had with other people where I've had to call myself out and maybe think about some of the ways that information has been delivered to me. And I thought it was a powerful time because the holidays are coming. We're going to be around family. We're going to be around more people and it pays to pay attention. So the dictionary definitions of brutal include punishingly hard or uncomfortable and lacking any attempt to disguise unpleasantness. Also, savage and cruel. Check that out. The dictionary definitions of honest are free of deceit and untruthfulness, sincere, and also truthful, ethical, and fair. So if you combine the two, if you're brutally honest, you're savage and cruel, but hey, you're truthful. So for me personally, I don't want to trade truth for tears, the tears that could follow when I'm brutally honest with someone. And while I'm all in on honesty, because I think, you know, I've always prided myself in being this person who's very, very transparent and upfront with my thoughts and feelings. But when telling the truth borders on cruelty, I think it's time to think about what we say, don't you? So, you know, again, I'm transparent. I've always considered myself pretty open, but eh, there's that line. So when it comes to communication, when in doubt, I always advise my clients to consider, will your words harm or will they heal? So do they have potential to create a pathway to better communication, which is healing in a healthy relationship, or is what's about to come out of your mouth going to be hurtful and cause harm? And if it is, then I think that's a hard no. However, I could reconsider, hey, how could I express myself to still be transparent and open and to tell my truth, but in a way that would be healing and in a way that would foster a better relationship, right? Because we don't want to hold on to difficult feelings, but it doesn't mean that we need to throw them at people like mud, right? So here's how I know when honesty won't heal Anytime a sentence starts with, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, <laughs> I cringe. Again, it's like saying, I'm going to tell you the truth, but it's going to be super savage and cruel. Um, hmm, no, thank you. Um, or here's another one. I don't mean to be rude, but I don't mean, mean to laugh when I say that, but I, I, I can't help but laugh. I've heard people start sentences that way. They've started sentences with me. I'm sure they have with you. I don't 
mean to be rude, but um, I think it's time to pause right then. And I just want to say to that person, then don't be. Close your mouth and keep it to yourself because chances are it's pretty rude. Or here's another one. No offense, but, oh my gosh, seriously. If you have to say no offense, then you already know that what's about to come out of your mouth is really offensive. Here's another one. You're probably going to take this the wrong way. <laughs> I'm already taking it the wrong way. And you haven't even landed me with your emotional bomb. So those are some of the ways that I know that it's definitely not going to heal. And it's probably going to harm. I'm going to be brutally honest. Or I don't mean to be rude. Or no offense. Or you're probably going to take this the wrong way. And then last but not least, how about something in the form of an accusation? Like you always or you never. So it's not just an accusation and it's an absolute, the person always or never. And so whatever they did to upset you, it feels like there's just not a win in that situation. So here's the problem with brutal honesty. First and foremost, the message gets lost because the only thing the person hears is the brutality, the bite, the hurt, the pain. Forget about the message. It's going to be lost. Second reason or the second problem with brutal honesty is it's unfiltered information. Somehow, I think that the person who delivers the message has this kind of warped sense that if they say, no offense, or I don't mean to be rude, but then that gives them this hall pass to throw out this emotional bomb. Like, hey, I told you AKA, I warned you. So if you're offended, then it's on you. But I don't really see it that way. To me, that's like bullying someone. And then when they get upset, you deflect accountability and tell them it's their problem for getting upset because they're just too sensitive. So kind of refer back, if you would, to that recent show that I did on energy vampires, because I think that kind of gives us a good idea. So, you know, giving a disclaimer before we say something doesn't absolve us of responsibility of hurting someone else's feelings. It's almost like we're using that disclaimer as a caveat that says, whatever comes out of my mouth isn't my responsibility because I already told you, no offense. Mm, just doesn't really work that way though, right? So another reason why I think that another problem that I think with brutal honesty is that it creates this emotionally unsafe space for effective communication because it's like a sucker punch. So there's this, the receiver is probably not going to be receptive to hearing anything else you have to say. And chances are they're not going to feel very safe sharing their feelings. They're probably either going to focus on getting in a safe private space where they can lick their emotional wounds, or that leads me to number five, your verbal or number four, your verbal blow is going to make them defensive. So they're either going to want to run off and lick their wounds, or they're probably going to get defensive. Because let's face it, if I feel attacked or I'm the recipient of harsh words, there's a high likelihood, even if I'm not a defensive person, that I'm going to want to defend myself and then an argument is going to take place. So either way, whether we're emotionally wounded and we shut down or whether we're angered by the verbal onslaught, we're going to get defensive or the conversation's going to end. No effective communication take, can take place. The message is lost. And if there was an authentic concern to begin with, it's not being heard.
So the fifth reason that I think brutal honesty doesn't work is that some things are just better left unsaid. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to guess what you're thinking. Like, I don't want to have to play that game of, mm, I know she's upset, but she's not telling me. I wonder what's going on. What did I say? I don't want to play that game. And I, you know, but at the same time, I'm not sure that I need to know every thought you're thinking about me, right? Just like you probably don't want to know every thought your friend is thinking about you. So I think that I don't want to know your thoughts unless I know you've run them through your, 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 um, what should I call it? Your brain scanner, if you will. I call, I tell my husband, it's called a spaghetti strainer. Like sometimes when something comes out of his mouth and that in my opinion, he shouldn't have said then I'm like, oh man, I think the holes in your strainer are way too big and too much information is leaking out. So that filter in our brain that filters out what we're thinking and what actually comes out of our mouth, maybe it's not functioning to full capacity because some things are just better left unsaid. And then last but not least, the reason why I think brutal honesty doesn't work is because, you know, be careful, or I shouldn't say, I should say when brutal honesty is even worse, is that if you're brutally honest in front of someone else about the person that you're speaking to, like if there's an, a quote audience, there's other people in the room, it's going to double down on the recipient's pain and humiliation. Because it's one thing to speak your unfiltered truth when you're alone with someone, but cruelty takes on a new meaning when others are around to witness that humiliation that the receiver is feeling. And to me, that is bullying. And it's far from positive, healthy communication. So when in doubt, just do it in a private place where there's no audience. So again, I'm Angie Miller. I'm really glad you joined me here today because I'm talking about being brutally honest or is there a possibility that you're being too honest? So I guess the question is, can you be honest without being cruel and uncaring in your delivery? And I think there's a big solid yes to that. You can deliver information or truths, we all can, with compassion and care. And why does it matter? Well, for all the reasons that I just covered, because for all those reasons, more than likely effective communication is not going to take place anyway if we deliver it with cruelty. On the other hand, if we deliver a message with compassion and care and empathy, the message will actually be heard and received and then further dialogue can take place. And isn't that what we want? I mean, I would think that our goal in expressing a concern is not to send that person off licking their wounds, and it's not to get into a big argument with them when we make them defensive. So unless it's just blatant, if your mission is just blatant bullying or gaslighting, and I know that wouldn't be so, or you're just ready to end that relationship and give it a good hard shove into the river, then I would say our goal is to express our truth in a way that is compassionate and caring so that we can maintain a relationship with that person. So I have a few tips to guide you on compassionate, empathic communication. I'm sure I'm not going to cover everything. I'm sure you've got your ideas and that's what I love about you. I love to hear from you and have you weigh in. Either you send comments on the YouTube video or you write to me or whatever it might be. So my first tip is get to the core issue. 
what are you actually feeling? You know, like, what is it that you want to express to this person? Peel away all those layers and decide, are you resentful about something? Are you frustrated? Whatever it is, get to the core issue of why you feel the way you do and why you think it's so important that you have to express these concerns to this person. So for example, let's say that, you know, Sherry is telling her husband the details of her day hoping for empathy and support. And when she's done talking, she's totally taken aback and hurt when he says, I don't know what to say. You haven't stopped talking long enough for me to say anything. And Sherry's like, whoa, if I didn't feel bad before, I really feel bad now. But when he gives it some thought, and I hope he does, because I'm pretty certain that Sherry's feeling even more pain now that he said that, what he might discover that he's feeling is maybe some anxiety and a little bit of helplessness, knowing that he doesn't know what to say to help her. And maybe he thinks that she's looking for him to solve or fix her problem or the situation. So the pressure and the anxiety and the helplessness over the situation actually caused him to say the most unhelpful thing he could have said. Maybe what he really wants to say, or I hope so, something more productive would be, you know what, Sherry, I'm really sorry you're going through this. And I want you to know that we're not, you're not alone. We can work through some solutions together if you'd like, or I can be here to listen and support. Either way, I'm glad you shared it with me so that you don't have to carry that burden by yourself. I don't know. What do you think of that one? I like that one. So number two, when it comes to using empathic, caring communication, when we're sharing our truth, consider where and when, meaning that it's really important to consider the right time and the right setting to talk to that person and express your concerns. Chances are, again, it's when you're both alone, not in front of others. So healthy dialogue stands its best chance. And then choose a time when neither one of you are in strong emotion, and chances are that's not in the moment. And whenever and wherever it is, you want your concern to have the greatest likelihood to heal and to help create a healthy relationship moving forward. So number three, when you want to talk about empathic, caring communication, I would say know who you're communicating with. So again, number one was just, you know, get to the core issue. Why are you feeling the way you're feeling? Number two, consider where and when. Number three, know who you're communicating with. So if this person is more sensitive or more prone to anger and strong emotion, if so, consider your words carefully and know that the goal is always to be heard so that you can express your truth without causing harm. So also, I think it helps to consider what would these words sound like if you were on the receiving end? An honor that while some people are more sensitive or prone to strong emotion, that's not for us to judge or change. The only place we have positive control is in how we express ourselves so that we can get the message across in the least offensive, most constructive way possible, right? And if we do that, then that's all we can do. But we have to stop and take a pause here. I really, before I go any further, I want to take a moment to talk about the truth versus your truth. Because I think that sometimes in our world, we think our truth is the truth. But I think that we can feel something about someone and think it's the way it is. Like it's a fact because we feel it. But what if it's not? What if there's the truth? 
you know, things that can be fact checked. And then there's your truth because we all have a different truth. We all live life differently. We grew up with different value systems. I have my truth. You have your truth. Not everything can be fact checked. It's just the way that we see the world and the lens that we see it through. So maybe you feel that someone's too sensitive, but maybe they feel like you're cruel or harsh or too direct. So is one of you right or wrong? I don't think so. And I don't even think that's what it's about. I feel like we're always looking for someone to be wrong and someone to be right. And, and I guess I think, what difference does it make? One of us doesn't have to be wrong and one of us doesn't have to be right. Because I think it's about perspective. And my truth is my perspective. Your truth is your perspective. And so it, what's really important is that we communicate differently and we receive information differently. And that's what makes us unique. And that's actually a beautiful thing if we give it space to flourish, right? So I am a transparent person, but I'm a sensitive person. My husband's a very direct person. And so sometimes our communication can go south, right? And we've had to really, really work on that. So know and respect someone's personality and communicate in a place where you can both share safe emotional space to discuss concerns in a way that they're going to hear you and you're both going to be able to share healthy dialogue and move forward. So remember in any situation where communication could potentially go sideways, which is pretty much any time when we're talking to someone, number one, use I statements. I feel, I'm wondering, I'm sensing, I am curious. And then number two, be careful with the idea that we're entitled to call people out on their stuff. I hear that sometimes. Someone will say, well, I'm just that person who believes in calling people out on their stuff. I go, uh, okay. My thought is that while it's not necessarily unhealthy to address issues or concerns with someone when they've done something hurtful or problematic, the phrase calling someone else out in and of itself is confrontational and accusatory, which probably does not lend itself to empathic communication. So here's why I think it can be unhealthy to say that I'm going to call someone out on their behavior. Number one, defensiveness. There's that word again. If I'm going to call you out, you're probably going to be defensive. And it's going to be really challenging to have constructive conversation. And it's going to hinder any effective communication. Number two, if I'm going to call you out, it's probably going to cause strain on the relationship. Because a confrontational approach generally doesn't work. People feel attacked or criticized, and then it leads them to resent, and then they they just, they lose trust, right? They're like, oof, I don't trust this person. They're always calling me out on something. <laughs> Number three, it lacks understanding. Calling someone out intuitively focuses on the behavior rather than the reasons for it. So it kind of negates the opportunity to understand their perspective and their motivations because you're like, I'm going to call you out on that. Well, but then that's not saying, hey, what's your perspective? Um, you know, where are you coming from? What was your motivation in doing that? And maybe if you knew my perspective, you wouldn't be so upset with me and you wouldn't feel like you needed to call me out because you'd be like, hmm. You know what? Angie didn't do that in malice. She didn't say that to hurt me. Now I get it. So number three, um, 
Part number four, it's the emotional impact. Being called out has a really negative impact on people. It causes stress and anxiety for the receiver. It's not compassionate and it makes them just like feel all sorts of emotions. And just last but not least, when we call people out, in terms of effective communication, any type of effective communication, first and foremost, is listening. It's empathic and it's open dialogue. So if you think about calling someone out, that doesn't lend itself to that. That doesn't say, hey, I want open dialogue here. It doesn't say, hey, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. It just says, sit down and sit tight because I'm about to call you out. Okay. So addressing issues or concerns with empathy and understanding and a willingness to work toward a solution is so much healthier and more productive. In the end, it's really important that we foster this open, non-confrontational communication if we want to build and maintain positive relationships. So again, I'm Angie Miller, and I'm talking about, can you be too honest? Is there such a thing as brutal honesty? And before I leave you today, I want to leave you with a couple of examples, because maybe you're thinking, okay, this is all great in theory, but give me a good example. So I hope I've got a couple for you. This is an example of brutal versus compassionate communication. So let's say in a personal relationship, imagine that, you know, one partner seems to be neglecting their responsibilities around the house and the other partner in this brutally honest statement says, hey, I don't mean to, you know, upset you or offend you, but you've been really lazy and irresponsible lately. You're not pulling your weight and I'm really sick and tired of watching you lay on the couch. Okay. <laughs> so then let's imagine a more compassionate statement. In contrast, it could be something like, I've noticed that you've been under some pressure lately and it's been challenging and I really want to understand what's going on. Is there something specific that's been bothering you and making it difficult for you to continue to you know, manage household responsibilities? And if there is, let's find a solution together. What do you think? So the brutally honest statement is critical and accusatory. Probably the receiver is going to get defensive and then you're going to have a big old fight and you're never even probably going to come to a positive solution. Um, the second statement, though, says, hey, I want to understand. I want to hear your perspective. I want to open up a space for compassionate, caring conversation so that we can address the problem together. As in your problem is my problem because we're in a relationship. So I got one more for you. Let's say that it's a situation with financial difficulties, which is really one of the number one drivers of, of discord between couples, whether they're married or not. So imagine a couple is facing financial difficulties and one partner is like, okay, I know this is going to upset you, but you're terrible with money and your overspending is the reason we're in this situation in the first place. So let's reframe. Let's talk about a positive, you know, more compassionate way of presenting that. It could be delivered with something like, I, I feel like we're going through a really tough time financially. And I think it's really important that we sit down and we address this together. Can we just talk about our finances and let's try to work on a plan to improve them as a team? We're in this together. So the brutally honest statement is accusatory. Your partner's going to get defensive and there's going to be hurt feelings. The second statement acknowledges the problem and says, let's collaborate. It's a we situation and let's show care and willingness to work together to find a solution. 
So this approach is more constructive and more supportive. So you know what? Thank you so much for joining me here today as we discuss brutal honesty. My name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I really appreciate you listening. I hear more and more from listeners and it it really just makes my heart sing because I want to know your thoughts. I want to know if you have any ideas for future episodes or guests you'd like to see. But thank you again for listening and I will see you all next week. Thank <music> you.